0: Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 59th episode. As a mental performance coach, I have the honor to work with athletes to enhance their mental game and give them the tools to unlock their full potential. The reason why I created 90% Mental is to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can share their stories and perspectives on the mental game. So today I have Mike Velasquez head strength and conditioning coach at UC Berkeley to talk about how culture in the weight room creates the right mindset. Mike is one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country and he's going to share his perspective on creating the right behaviors, creating a common belief structure, and how to deal with failure. I promise you, you will walk away with a lot of great information about the mindset of culture within a strength and conditioning program. So without further ado, let's go talk to Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you? Grant, good. It's yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm awesome, man. I feel great. I'm so excited to have you on my show. I've been kind of waiting for this for a while because I've, I've known you for a long time and watched your career, but I'm, I'm really excited to have you on my show to just talk about the mindset of strength conditioning. I know you're the head strength conditioning coach at UC Berkeley and just want to kind of tap into your mind today a little bit on the mindset side and, and learn a little bit more about your role as well.
1: Awesome, Grant. Well, thanks a lot for having me on your show, and um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the conversation. All good.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, my my uh, my favorite question here, which sets the tone of of our conversation, it's about mental toughness. So, when you think about being mentally tough, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, it's funny. Mental toughness is um, it's 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 often misinterpreted, I believe. And so um, a lot of times you think of mental toughness and, and no one can really define what is that. You know, if you ask people, okay, and, you know, a lot of times they will talk with the coach and they'll say, you know, um, he's just not mentally tough. Okay, well, what is it? Define it. I mean, what, what are the, you know, what are the, like, psycho-behavioral attributes assigned to mental toughness? What does it mean? Yeah. You know, is it is it grit? Is it... You know, uh, their ability to overcome uh, a situation under pressure, um, you know, fight through physical challenge or adversity, uh, problem solve under pressure, you know. um, So to me, it's it's about the skill set. It's about that skill set that that athlete brings in the environment that they compete in that makes them mentally tough. For sure. You know, you make a great point about you know,
0: this player needs to be mentally tough. Like, what does that mean? It's like a coach saying, uh, you need to focus more. Okay. That's it. Focus on what? Right. I mean, there's a lot of things right. to focus on. So, yeah, that's, that's very poignant. Very poignant. Well, with all the years that you've been in your role, over 25 years here, you know, you've coached at De La Salle and you've been at Cal for over 15 years. I know this might be a hard question, but when you think of all the players that you've worked with, is there a player or a few players that come to mind that were extremely mentally tough?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's um, you know, it's inspiring to see athletes that do the things that we just that we just talked about. Their ability to to overcome an adverse environment or situation, or you know, display a, a physical effort that's extraordinary in in, in a challenging or or high level competition. But absolutely. Um, you know, you, you know, you talked about Dale South going back. I mean, I, I could tell you I saw more of that than I could possibly even remember mm-hmm. and just living that experience out there. But um we had a we had a lineman out there by the name of Derek Landry. I don't know if you uh who Derek is, but yeah. Derek played played on the offensive line and on the defensive line for us, both sides of the ball. And um beyond just being a fantastic athlete, um it was unbelievable to watch what he gave to the game and to his teammates um, in, in on a regular, you know, you know, every single game, essentially every single play. And he just left it on the field all the time. He was unbelievable. And so uh, Derek was, had to be one of the toughest guys that that I experienced out at De La Salle, but there was just so many guys that just were, were worked like that. And, You know, um, you know, some coaches call them gamers and, you know, everybody called them tough guys, but, uh, (laughs) they just left it all on the field. (laughs) Right, right. You know,
0: come to think of it, I want to say that the name sounds familiar because I, I sat in a, uh, workshop with coach Latticer and he talked about a lineman that was just like left it out on the field. And I believe the name sounds familiar.
1: It could have been it could have been uh Derek or it could have been many others, but Derek went on, played football in Notre Dame and then went on, had a great career and um played in the NFL for for several years and he's now uh, a high school football coach and um and uh sharing with others what it takes to, to to be a tough guy. So (laughs) (laughs) great guy. But, um, you know, shoot, Justin Forsett out here was uh, unbelievable back that I had a chance to to train and uh, and work with um, in his off-season training programs throughout his career shoot on the basketball court here at uh at cal um, there's a there's a point guard out of out of the uk by the name of richard midgley who was he was just a beast on the court and just a great leader and and he just left it all out there you know every single game every single practice it's just part of who he was I Love it. so yeah it's 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 been it's been cool having an opportunity to work with uh with, with uh, athletes of that nature beautiful beautiful well, uh,
0: before we get in the interview, let's talk a little bit about your role as the head strength conditioning coach at, at UC Berkeley. I know you've been there for over 15 years, but over the 15 years, your role has expanded a little bit. So, as of today, like, what does your role entail, and what does it look like?
1: Yeah, it's been um, it's it's been a wonderful experience here at Cal. Great challenges, and uh, had a chance to work with great athletes, great coaches, great people. And um, and so um, my role has uh, morphed and changed. Um, you know, um, early on, uh, with in terms of sport responsibilities, I I worked a lot with men's basketball, women's basketball, um, some of our Olympic sports, and um, and then through my middle years here, I transitioned more to a football role, and worked with football with uh, with, with Coach Tedford when he was here. And and now uh, working more with baseball, and spending most of my time working with my staff and overseeing our programs. We have thirty sports and uh, twelve strength and conditioning coaches, and um, and just keeping our unit uh, uh, working and executing on a high level, and uh, providing great strength and conditioning and performance training for athletes. Beautiful, great.
0: What is when you think about your philosophy what what is your philosophy as the uh, head strength conditioning coach
1: Well, you know, it's interesting cuz you have you have a lot of sports and um and all sports have different physical requirements so you really need to think about strength conditioning um specific for your sports and so um and, and with that we have um like I said I have 12 strength conditioning coaches that are on staff and we have 12 coaches that um, that all have different experiences and backgrounds and and um, knowledge base and have uh, have have been working and coaching at different levels and with different sports. So you know the the key is is for me is developing enough structure enough infrastructure around our unit where th- we know that there are certain things that we do the same and um, so we use you know a certain database with our system and we have some basic guidelines that direct us um, with how we go about doing our programming, how we um, schedule our teams, how we work with our coaches, our sport coaches, how we work with each other. And those those are the fundamental pieces of our infrastructure that make us all the same. And at the same time, with the the different physical demands of the sport – and our individual backgrounds and experiences we have to be able to put together programs that physically prepare those athletes for what it is that they're doing and so you're going to see a lot of differences between training programs and approaches to from how we load exercises and progress athletes through training programs and conditioning programs that are very very different uh, relative to those sports and those coaches so for me, my philosophy is creating that structure that allows us to operate as a staff, a Cal Strength and Conditioning staff. At the same time, uh, allow for that flexibility to build those programs out, target the specific needs of the sports, and bring those unique qualifications of our coaching staff to the table and allow them to do their job well. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Are you at a point within your role, Are you are you more... More or less, uh, making sure that the ship is is going in the right direction, and more at a high level uh, position within the program. Or you still do you still get down and you know roll roll up your sleeves and work with athletes and and see out programs, or or do you are you just more managing the whole department, if
1: you will? Right, right. There is a level of management and um, and I would call it more of an integrated piece where it's really important as my with my role to integrate with our other support units, which are sports medicine and sports science and nutrition and then with our coaches. But 90 percent of my time is is working with my staff and working with athletes. And um, you know, in the trenches, I know what's going on um, in our facilities, and I know what our coaches are doing, and I'm interacting with athletes on a daily basis. And so, um, I, I don't know that uh, I'm quite ready to give up all that yet. <laughs> and and being a being an administrator, you know, without question, there is that piece to the puzzle. But um, I would I would certainly say in the trenches. Awesome, that's great.
0: Now, over the years, you've redefined the strength and conditioning program, and you were very instrumental in redesigning the training facility there. So, when you think about culture and creating culture, how would you describe your culture there with at Cal?
1: Well, that's that's an interesting question because you know it's um, it's it, you'd naturally think that a facility would define a culture, but it really doesn't, you know. And so, uh, in, in fact, uh, vice versa. So we when we had the opportunity to um to build the the beautiful facility that we're also fortunate to be able to to work in, you know, it was the culture that really drove the decisions around how to build it. And so we spent a lot of time um thinking about what it is we're trying to accomplish and and what specifically we wanted to do in the room from the standpoint of workflow and numbers and you know uh, flexibility within training programs and all the things that uh, we felt were important to manage all of our sports and um, and provide the best tools for our student athletes and um, and let that guide the process of what to put in the room so as a result if you came down and you saw the room you'd see you see a lot of um, uh, systems and processes that kind of drive how we use it, mm. and and so that's you know it's really system driven for us, and it's the same approach with the staff. You know we have to have systems and processes that you fall back on, and and that helps you that, that helps you to understand how to work. You know a culture is a, is about how you use your systems and processes. Culture is about what you do. And it's about actions, it's about behaviors. And I think if you anybody walked into a, a new job and they walked in and they sat down and they just observed people around them, what you would see is the culture of that that working environment. And um so it's really about it's about the systems and processes and the behaviors and the actions that we drive and, you know, that's that's what we do, that's what we don't do, and then that's, that's how we do it.
0: Right, right. And,
1: so it, and, and it's some of those guidelines that, that I think you'd see consistencies amongst the strength and conditioning staff from that expectation of how we work. And, hey, you know what, there's one strength over here, coach over here, and he's teaching something totally different than the strength coach over there, but there's the same expectation for how that work is being done. The same expectation for the concentration and the effort and the commitment to what it is we're working on at that moment in time. And so um, I think that's where you see the consistencies uh, with our culture.
0: Got it, got it. Well, I mean, do you think that – I've been in your facility, and it's beautiful. and Thank you. Yeah, it's great. But do you think having a state-of-the-art facility, do you think that it does affect – an athlete's motivation and their overall buy-in when it comes to their training?
1: I believe that what a, a state-of-the-art training facility does is it provides you tools. And it provides you tools in a toolbox. I will tell you that I've seen some of the most incredible efforts that I've ever seen in some of the most low-level, uh, rudimentary uh, facilities that you couldn't even call fac- facilities. that weren't even supposed to be strength and conditioning facilities. So I think, I think it's wonderful to have, to have tools, you know, and tools allow you to, you know, just like working on a, a car or a house or a project, having the right tool for the right job makes, makes the job easier, but motivation has got to come from somewhere else. It's, um, it's got to come from within and it's got to come from each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there's a whole different belief structure that, that needs to take place for, for that intrinsic drive to take place. And if someone's expecting it to come from, you know, a wonderful, you know, cool facility with all kinds of resources, I think it could be, I think it might, it might be okay for a minute, but it's going to be short-lived.
0: Right. Right. Well, what about, that's awesome. What do you think about non-negotiables within your program? I, I know, and what I, what I mean by non-negotiables is that, you know, if we design a program for you, you're going to finish it. When you step through that door, you're not going out until you finish. Or, you know, we've talked about Coach Patrick Walsh. You know, he has a, a non-negotiable where if you practice with me one practice and you're committing to be on this team, you can't quit. And if you try to quit, I won't let you quit. So do you have any non-negotiables that, that exist within your culture?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, so what is culture, right? It's, it's what you do every day. It's what you practice. It's what you talk about and what you communicate to your athletes. So it's what you promote. And then it's also what you allow for, what you permit. And so, you know, I think that, you know, when it comes down to establishing what is your culture, you need to be. You need to think about those three things. What is it that you're doing every day? You know, how are you selling that and communicating that to your athletes and to your to your to your coaches and everybody involved in the program and getting alignment within the program, and then and then what is it that you allow for, and all of those areas need specific actions and behaviors. You got to define it. Yeah. And and so and what what Patrick does and 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 what every good coach does is. They take a belief system, they take a philosophy, they take something that they, that, you know, a, a, uh, a pillar of their program, and they assign specific behaviors, what to do and what not to do, okay? And based on those behaviors, there's an expected outcome, there's a result, okay? And it's important for athletes to understand what it is that we believe in and get them to buy into that, understand the specific behaviors, what to do and what not to do, and understand it. there is a result, there is an outcome that's expected as you work through that process. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when they understand that and everybody's working with, this, with a common understanding, you got a chance. And good coaches do a great job of that. And, you know, and Patrick and I were so fortunate to learn that from Bob Lattiser. And you know Bob is, uh, t- you know I've been coaching for a lot of years, and and, and I got I got to say Bob Lattisier is the best I've ever been around. Absolutely. At aligning at a people, and and so Patrick and I had an opportunity to, to learn that from from the great Bob Lattisier, yeah. and he uh, he just did a wonderful job of creating you know, a belief system and uh, what he expected from from people, and then um, and knew what he wanted out of it. And uh, and everybody understood that. And when you walked in and observed that culture, what you saw is uh, consistency and alignment. Uh, and you saw that with from the athletes and you saw that from the coaches and you saw that from the, inst- the teachers. And, you know, from everybody around that institution, there's just this common understanding and alignment of people. Hmm. And uh, And that's the culture. And so, you know, that's where it all starts because – because when it comes down to someone demonstrating what you first asked me about, which was mental toughness, right—the ability to to work through a difficult moment, um, situation, uh, game moment, uh, you know, work situation, regardless of what it is, right—you've got to. Th- there's got to be a reason to take yourself into this realm of discomfort. Into this realm of unknown, fear, um, anxiety, all the things that, that, that surround themselves and make make a, a tough moment tough. Right. And to take yourself to take yourself through that, has got to there's got to be something bigger there. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a there's got to be a purpose. And that purpose in a team sport in a team environment really is being able to do it for each other. And and that's and that's another great thing that I'm sure you you saw from from Coach Walsh and you know um, it's it's the thing that gets you through that challenging situation beyond beyond just wanting to win and so that's you know that's that that gets down to the real heart of what it's all about.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, when you think about language and one more question on culture, but when you think about language. Um, which I think is really important within culture, you, you know you go into to other environments, or other facilities, and you know there's there's language that's that's either spoken within the environment or you see these you know statements and sayings or mantras on their walls within their weight room or the locker room you know i 'm thinking of like Alabama has one that says do simple better that 's one of their mantras do you is there a language that exists within your Culture And if, could you hear it if you were walking through your facility?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, and I think all of those mantras and quotes and, and beliefs that you see up on walls are only as good as the behaviors and the actions that are assigned to them. Totally. And so you, you have to, and, and the observation is in the behavior. That's it. Okay. And the behavior is what produces the result it's not the mantra okay you, you you can have a you can you can throw something on the wall up on the wall shoot everybody does right right it's all up on the wall but when you look out and you see people and it, this this whole thing is always always about people okay when you see people what is the action that you see what are the behaviors that you observe and are they getting you and producing the results that you intend that's that's where you see it, mm. and so my if you're going to put it on the wall, boy, you better and, and you're putting it on the wall for your for a group of athletes. That group of athletes better understand how to define that mantra with behavior. What are those specific behaviors assigned to that, and what produce, and what result will be produced as a result of doing those things the right way? Right. And so that's where, so yeah, so and and like it or not. Everywhere you go, you're exposed to a culture, and, and it might be a good culture, and it might be a bad culture, but it's a culture, <laughs> right? So I agree. you walk in, you walk in, and that's one of the things that um, that I challenge myself on on a regular basis, and and, and why I love to get out and observe others and and other. You know, um, it doesn't even have to be uh, a coaching environment, uh, but but I love uh, obviously uh, coaching environments, whether it's strength conditioning or, or just watching sport coaches do their thing. But you get to, um, and I and I like to uh, pay attention to that. What what do I see? What is what is the experience that I'm that I'm getting and taking away from observing this culture? And um, and sometimes you see. Unbelievable things that indicate that you know it's, there's a well-established, highly highly functioning culture, and then there's things sometimes you see where you go, okay, that's not too good. I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure what those behaviors are going to lead to. Right. <laughs> but it but it's all a great learning um, opportunity, and I think you see it in a family structure. I, th- I think you see culture in business, and and there's no doubt about it. You sh- you, you see it in uh, a competitive team environment. Oh, big time, one hundred percent. I know this this
0: question is going to be pretty obvious, but but what kind of mindset do you want your athletes to have before they enter your facility?
1: Absolutely. So so that's a, that's a great question. Um, and again, it's it's one of those things where you can do it two ways. You can you can hope, right, and and see what happens, or you can kind of lay out expectation, and then kind of like you were talking about with Patrick. You demand it, <laughs> and so um, so it's um, it's one of those things where um, the teams that I work with, we have these these double doors that enter in the weight room, and I tell them that when they walk through that threshold, those two doors, I want to change the demeanor, and I want to see them start to get the mindset necessary to be successful in our training program, and and so. That mindset is, is, I think, what is the key for us to be able to, to take a step in the right direction and, and have a great workout. And so that, that starts with great focus. And, and if you're not in the moment, you're not in the present, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough to get everything you want out of anything that you do and so, and it's um it's it's challenging, I think in um an academic environment or in in an environment where there's a lot going on you know um sometimes you gotta just take a moment and shift gears and get your mind right and 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 engage in what's right in front of you and so one of the things we talk about is being where your two feet are oh yeah and and we talk about selling out now and so it's about focus. It's about being in the moment, and complete concentration and attention to detail with what you're doing at this moment. And so, for me, if you watch one of my teams come in and train, that is a that is a belief, and that we have very specific behaviors that we've assigned to that. And then the expected result is that we're going to get the most out of everything we're doing. And and if we're talking about a specific exercise, that well, there'll be a specific result assigned to that as well, mm-hmm. and so um, that that there's a there's a uh, example of uh, you know taking someone through that structure, that culture. Totally,
0: you know what I love a few things. You know, we talk about you know the expectation of I hope you do it. I hope you come here with the mindset. And it's funny when I work with athletes, when it comes to the word hope. Like, don't get me wrong. Like if you're down on your luck and you don't have a place to live and you don't have any food, then yes, I want you to source hope and I want you to feel hope. But when you're competing and you're training, I don't want you to hope at all. I don't even want you to say that word. I I don't ever want to hear, I hope I might, or I think it's all about, I am, and I will, and I'm going to like those type of words, that language. And so I always want to hear that, that um, hope to me is like, hope is not a strategy and so, and it's literally conditioning these athletes on like, what's the cue or what's the trigger or what's the switch for when they see those front doors of the training, like what turns on for them to let go of their exams and their bills and their relationships. And they just dedicate. And like you said, be where your feet are being very mindful, dedicating their breath and everything to their training. How do they turn on that switch? You know, and to me, being a mental performance coach, it's it's beautiful to to teach an athlete to to go through that process.
1: Right, yeah, no no doubt about it. And and, and you're right, it's challenging. I mean, all of a sudden you've got uh, you know academic stress. You know, midterms are coming, yeah. and I got a little I got a little girlfriend problem, boyfriend problem, and um, and other right, and a million di- different other things that could be pulling your attention away from what it is that you're doing at the moment. But part of it is, is, again, preparing athletes for that and understanding that, hey, look, you're here, okay? So when you're here, you could be worried about all those other things because they're very important to you, but you're not going to solve any of those problems while you're here, and you're now not going to get anything out of, of the work that you're doing while you're here. Yeah. So, so let's be productive, okay? And if you're going to be here, be where your two feet are. Have great focus, okay, execute, get better at this thing, and when we're done, you can go solve the next problem one at a time. And it's really about teaching a very deliberate thought process. Mm. It's about teaching athletes how to be intentional, purposeful with their thinking, and then skillful with it, with how they act, right? Because it's natural to, to, to fall into a autopilot kind of default mode where you do what's impulsive or do what's emotional or feel good and you got to stop that sometimes you got to put the brakes on you got to you got to hit you got to hit the brakes and go whoa i need to rethink about how i'm looking at this right now and i need to be disciplined and deliberate with my thinking and then i need to make decisions and i need to be skillful with how i react and, and act within those decisions and so a lot of, a lot of it is teaching athletes just just what you said how how to think about it right and then the second part of it is as a coach as a leader you got to require it. you got to <laughs> require it because because a skill requires practice, it, it's an implied it's, a, it's an implied concept. You, it's not natural. you know it's a reason that, there's a reason it's autopilot or default when you when, when you fall back and do what's easy, right? It's human nature. so so to teach a skill set that that's you know that's someone outside of what is comfortable and normal for most. Is it's going to require practice, and and it's where you draw the line, and how you hold people accountable to that, and and so you know, there's no doubt about it. If you saw one of my groups uh, running in the weight room, that that everybody understands it. That, man, that's going to be required of me while I'm here, and and if something, if I'm losing my focus and I'm starting to drift and go somewhere else, okay, all else becomes secondary. Okay that is a pillar that is a belief uh, part of our belief structure and I believe that good things won't come unless you're there and mm-hmm. so and and so and honestly with some of the stuff that we're doing you're going to put yourself in a bad situation if 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 you're trying to you know lift a heavy weight or do a very technical exercise and you're not you're not focusing on what you're doing so it's required if we're we're not doing a good job in that area individually or collectively we're going to have a reset and that's on me and um, that's part of the that's part of the standard and expectation that uh that that i create and um and so like i said if uh if you uh, if you allow it, if you permit it, you promote it. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so so uh, so anyways, that's um it, I just think it's just such a fundamental piece of uh, of what it takes to to be able to be successful in something that you're working towards. Big time. Big time. And i wanna I wanna circle back on
0: resetting or refocusing because um, there's there's some issues that can happen. Uh, especially at the uh, collegiate level that I want to bring up. But before I get there, I want to talk about mental performance slash sports psychology. How much do you focus on integrating this framework into your program? And do you find it, is it challenging for collegiate athletes to buy into this type of mental skills training?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So um, how much do we rely on it? Um, Heavily. And but I think the way you um, that you implement this training is important and, and how you approach it. Um, I, I could tell you once, I, or I could tell you that I certainly haven't talked to any of my athletes about uh, quote-unquote mental skills training, but we've talked a lot about the skills necessary in order to be successful at what it is we're working at as a unit. Mm. And so it's about establishing a culture as a group and expectation as a team. And, again, there's a belief structure that has to be laid out, and you need to take the time, I believe you need to take the time, to work with your sport coaches and understand what is that specific belief system that you have in place for your program. And then once you put that in, it needs to be defined very clearly to the athletes. And once it's defined very clearly, then you need to understand what are the specific behaviors, again, that are assigned to it. And then what are the results that you expect from it? And when everybody's on the same page with that, you can have a group of people that all come from different backgrounds and experiences and have different belief systems within their within themselves, and you can bring them all and unite them in alignment in and around a structure of a common goal, working towards a common theme and a common belief system together. Mm-hmm. And when you get the alignment as a group, you've 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 taken the steps to create a culture. And um, as strength coaches, you know t- we're, we're typically not in charge of that. We uh, our, our head coaches are head sport coaches are. And so, but we spend as strength and conditioning coaches to spend the most amount of time with the athletes in, in uh, with most sports at the collegiate level, and so um, often as strength and conditioning coaches we uh, are entrusted with the job of being able to uh, help athletes to develop the skills to maintain that culture and work in alignment and and bring a group of uh, of athletes together in an in-season period for a coaching staff that have already have a well-established uh, culture. And, um, and so, so we get, we get entrusted with, with that responsibility um, often. Hmm. And so uh, in answering your question, it, it's critically important. It drives everything you do. It's not, it's not, you do mental skills training and do, then you do physical training. No, it's, it's, you know, establishing a culture that drives everything that you do, and it's about it's about how we interact on the field, off the field, in the classroom, uh, with each other, on you know you know in in, in training, in conditioning, in the weight room, and in um, and understanding that hey, when we when we're do when, when we've come to terms with the things that are that make us all the same, we need to have a common understanding of how we're gonna. Of how we're going to operate mm-hmm. and um, and then when you do that, you, you know good things happen. like good things come together and and I think part of that is is really developing uh, the trust and the relationship with each other, where when things get really hard on the field or you get down in a tough game or challenges um, strike your program, which which happen, um, you're you've created a bond around common goals and beliefs with um, a group of people and there's amazing power in that. Oh, beautiful. And, and so it's one of the things that, that really drives me to, to be a part of something that's bigger than myself is to see people to come together like that. So I really believe in that, that structure. And, um, I believe it really drives performance. So, um, but, but yeah, that's, that, that's it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, seeing that that whole evolution of people coming together uh, that's, you know, backed by common goals and belief systems and seeing it prevail and persevere, right? You're just, it's just, I mean, you put music behind that, that situation and it becomes a movie, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. You know, and it's funny when you talk about the mental skills training piece, because, you know, when you think about visualization and breathing and self-talk and, mindfulness and meditation and all these you know skills and strategies right within mental performance I can only imagine within your program athletes do do that right they are focusing on their breath they are visualizing their form they are visualizing you know and they probably don't even know it but there's a process that they go whether it's before a rep or before you know they get into an exercise there's a process that they're going through so they can
1: actually get the most out of it right And, and so I think, I think where I'm going with it is, is we're really saying the same thing. Mm. Absolutely. It's just, to me, it's all, it's all together. It's it's the same. It's, we're working on, we're working on mental skills within the parameters of what it is that we're doing within our sport or within strength and conditioning. Um, And I believe that's where the application comes. I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll give you an example inside of sport and outside of sport. First, inside of sport, okay, in inside of the weight room. Here's an example. So do we work on breathing skills to help us refocus and concentrate, uh, maybe lay on the floor, um, do some breathing drills? Yes, we've done some of that, but here's an example of us doing that within an exercise. So in a squat, what we teach is we te- teach them how to breathe and brace one rep at a time. So every rep, it's a, it's, it's a deep breath, brace, move into the descent of your squat, put max force through the bar on the way up, mm. okay? And we're literally teaching that one rep at a time. One breath, one rep, okay? <laughs> and so <laughs> is, is, is that is that mental skills training, or are we just teaching them how to focus one rep at, rep at a time, put maximum force into the bar one rep at a time, okay? Brace up, breathe, focus on one rep at a time. Okay. Now is that mental skills? Is that breathing, uh focus skills? No. Well, it's all, it's all of it, right? Right. The the the, you know, but, but but the but we're doing it within the parameters of the training program with what we're trying to accomplish. And if you think about it, you know, uh from a broad perspective, mental toughness is like that too. And you see a lot of coaches, you know, um, you know, well, I'm going to we need to do some mental toughness training. We're going to take guys out. And we're going to have them do this and that, you know, grind them a little bit, and and you know that's going to somehow make them tougher. Well, <laughs> tell me how that's going to work for you. Right. Okay. So 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 think about you know if you think about naturally one of the toughest group of of human beings ever. You think of like special operations, uh, you know, military, uh, you know, Navy SEAL. Force reconnaissance. Someone, someone in that environment, correct? Right. Um, put a helmet on them. Put them in a national football. Uh, put them on the national football field uh, uh, game. Okay, in an NFL game. Yeah. Let's see how tough they are. <laughs> Not gonna be too tough. Okay. Right. Take right. the toughest. Take the toughest football play you've ever seen. Okay, and put them on. Give them a rebreather and take them down in the ocean for six hours with six inches of visibility let's see how tough he is (laughs) right right you're taking them outside their environment so so to me is there value in that will that make it you know if you took someone you know outside of their outside of their area and you trained them with under the umbrella of mental toughness is it somehow going to transfer into their sport into the skill set that they need to compete in I don't know how to do that.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't I don't I don't know that there's there there's there's a tremendous amount of research that indicates that somehow, some way that skill set transfers. I'm not sure of that. Okay. But we can require that skill set within the parameters of our training, that's where the application is. And then that's where also the confidence comes from because confidence comes from doing and succeeding and being able to draw back on the things that you've had success with. So, anyways, that's that, that's kind of how I look at mental skills training mm-hmm. is applying those techniques within the parameters of of our medium, and that is it, that is strength conditioning and and the drills that we use and and so and the exercises that we choose. And I feel like we get pretty good success out of it in that regard.
0: You, know, you make a great point about environment. You know, There's a company, uh, it's called P3, I think it's down, down south, and they do a lot of this. Uh, they do all types of training, but there was one article I read about an, a basketball player that literally swam in its very turbulent um, part of the ocean or uh, in Santa Cruz, and what they do is they, they literally they dive under the water doing these currents, and they're swimming with these boulders. And you can't, you can't quit. You can't stop. And it's kind of like mental, there's all sorts of training with it, but it's like mental toughness training. But to me, it's more grit training. Because I mean, as you're a basketball player, I mean, are you going to really be under the water holding a rock, you know, a big rock? So, you know, I I think, you know, some training can help others. You know, we all, we all operate differently, but I do agree with you. If you really want to test somebody's mental toughness and the grit and resilience, you know, get them like push the crap out of them within
1: their environment. That's it and prepare them. Yeah. And be well prepared and be and and prepare them for the challenges that they can come up, the adversity that could strike and you know all the different potential scenarios that could happen and the, the the more prepared, the better prepared your athletes are, then the better they will demonstrate mental toughness within the parameters of their sport you know uh, swimming in water is going to is going to make you uh, more confident and better at swimming with boulders underwater and um and <laughs> you're going to be able to push harder you're going to be able to push harder within that environment if you if you work at it and and there might be you know, I'm sure there's a you know no doubt about it that there may be some transfer with different activities from a metabolic standpoint or from a you know a, you know a physical development standpoint But from a mental toughness standpoint, I'm convinced that you have to work within your environment. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. You
0: you talked about resetting uh, or refocusing with an athlete. When an athlete is either not showing up to their trainings or they're not giving it their all, they're not adhering to the culture for the most part, what's the process in getting them mentally reengaged into their training?
1: Yeah, I think again it's 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 what you allow for and stopping them and getting them to refocus is 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 a key, but they've got to believe in that in in that structure. They got to believe that that's required first. And then if it's not happening, then it's a matter of hitting reset, right? And getting people to refocus either with a little help or uh you know, with a reminder on their own. But part of that skill set, I think, coming in the door is is making a decision before you get there with what you're going to do. And I think that's that's a skill set that we work a lot on. Is you know we're getting ready to jump into a hard conditioning session, and you know what's your mindset going into it? What's your self talk like? You talked about self talk. Yeah. I mean, here you go. We're about we're. I know I'm about to do something that's really challenging, and it's gonna that I'm gonna get pushed and that there's going to be accountability to and there's going to be a requirement of attention to detail and execution and effort. And I know I'm going to have to do those things. Am I, Is there fear around that or anxiety? Am I worried about um, what's going to happen if I make a mistake? You know, what's my mindset? Um, and what's your mindset? And so try to just um, help athletes create a mental environment where they step into that type of work and they've already made a decision with how they're going to react. How are you going to react when something doesn't go well in a team training session? And we know that if something doesn't go well, or there's a mistake, that's a group mistake. We're going to, we're going to repeat it. We're going to do it again. We're going to get it right. And so no one wants to be that guy that makes that mistake, but that's team sports, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That That's the way it works. So so we need to prepare our athletes for that, and um, and you've got to be able to move on. And so, you know, I'm working with baseball. I worked with baseball this morning, and you know, it's funny. Baseball is a sport where you fail more than you succeed. You know, it's funny. I had a baseball coach tell me, "Wow, I never really thought about it like that." Like, you know, I got a pretty good batting average of you know 350. You know, I still. Failed two thirds of the time you know right and uh so so um how do you how do you get through that right how do you move on and so so for those guys, it's next pitch, yep, you know next pitch. you know move on to the next pitch and and you know, and refocus in the moment, and it all falls back on that, be where your feet are, and you know you know um uh, sell out now kind of thought process that goes back- back to the culture that we established, but um but yeah, it's uh, it's it's just, you know, identifying what those what, what that mindset is, um, creating environments within the parameters of the sport or within the parameters of training for the sport that require it and um and then holding athletes accountable to it and asking them to just like everything else they do get better at it. You know, and if it was that easy and um and that innate then I think people would just it would it would just happen on its own. But um but it doesn't. And so we need to train it. And then then from a coaching perspective, you know, um boy, you know, start simple and then become then make it more complex. And I don't care if that's an exercise or or a mental skill that you're trying to develop. You know, um hey, come in, we're going to do some real light exercise and expectations going to be pretty minimal, right? And let let's see how well we can concentrate. Well, I expect pretty good concentration if you didn't then, boy, maybe you're at the right intensity and and level for that group. Mm. But if that group is doing well, then you better require more of them, okay? Require more, ask more from them, or create a little adversity around what you're doing. Make it more challenging. Make them execute at a higher level, okay? What happens when when, um, you fail as a group, okay? And all of a sudden there becomes a little stress and a little challenge and adversity, and then you require a little bit more of them, and that comes right down. And, again, I, I work with teams, so, you know, um, you know, our coaches aren't on the field, and so athletes have to be able to problem-solve and work through this stuff on their own and with each other. And so, you know, I don't care if we're doing an exercise or, you know, we, we might be doing a series of exercises in the way room. we're breaking the gym down and cleaning it up, you know and I might put them on the clock to do that and they need to work with each other and problem solve and figure out who's doing what and where and and you know and if it goes well great and if it doesn't we're going to do it again and you know and shoot we had to clean up anyways and it's within the 5 minute period that we needed to take to do that but at the same time you know I'm going to require a skill set that requires problem solving and them to work with each other and and figure it out on their own mm. and then and then teach to it, create a, you know what you're doing is essentially creating a teaching moment, either through exercise or through something simple and stupid like that um, and um, and then coaching to it yeah. and and requiring that that skill set gets better for sure, you, know, you
0: brought up a few things uh baseball it's one of those sports where you can go 0 and four and do everything right but it's, it's funny about failure too, when you think about failing failing's informative right? I mean, you either win or you learn. You can win or fail or lose, but you win or, or you learn. And if you, can, if you can actually get to that point, you take the, mo- the emotional charge out of failing and taking out that, that ego. Um, it's hard. Don't get me wrong because people are putting a lot of effort and attitude and you know, energy towards their performance, but it's, it's a getting them to the point of like, let's, let's win and learn right now, man. Let's win and learn. Um, you focus on failure. Cool. Failing's cool. Look at Michael Jordan. Guy failed how many times? Look at Kobe. How many times did he fail? Right? So it's, um, it's interesting how just different sports and different things can affect the mindset.
1: Oh, uh, you know, I totally agree with you. And, and I think the skill set there is, is understanding that when failure does happen, right, there's there, the positive side of that is that you can use that mistake as feedback. And then you can use that feedback to get better. Mm. And, and so again, you know, I think a lot of times athletes get stuck on that, right? They get stuck that I failed and they can't get, they can't, they have a hard time getting through, you know, that mistake, you know, and again, you know, and you'd call it mental skills talent, uh, training. I call it just giving kids the skills or the tools that they need to be able to, to work through their environment. But, you know it's it, it's something that needs to be taught and yeah. i think that that um and trained and you know i you know there's no doubt about it kind of like the kid that you look at and say all right he's tough right well is that because uh, is he a product of his environment or is he a product of the training within your program right you know and so i think i think there's there's um you know for us uh preparing college athletes that it's our responsibility to to give them as much tools as possible. So we want to require that um and we want to teach and then develop the skill sets that are that that help them to be successful. And what's cool about it is it's it's really the skill set that that I believe that will help you to be successful not just in sport but really in anything you do. You know, it's a life skill. And that goes back to where I learned most of this from the great Bob Latteser, So he'd be happy to hear me talk about that. And, um, and you know, I know you talked to Justin Allenbaugh, who was uh, one of the other coaches that I was so fortunate to have an opportunity to coach as a player and then coach with, you know, um, once he uh, began coaching out of De La Salle. Yeah. But, uh, man, those guys do that really well. <laughs> they do, <laughs> for sure.
0: couple questions here before we uh, we wrap up here. You know, you're dealing with a different generation of athletes. How different is today's athlete from when you started at Cal?
1: No different. No different. I don't think. I don't. I don't think athletes are any different than they've ever been. Now, now society's different, and there's different technologies, and environments are different. People come from different environments. Um, everybody loves to to kind of you know, put people in their cans or silos and, you know, um, it, I just, I just don't see it. I think, I think human nature is the same. We, we are, you know, we all want to be comfortable the way we think about things uh, and our, our, our mental approach to, uh, to challenge. I think all that is really the same and environment's different. um, But, but I think, the skills that you need to succeed today are the same skills you needed to succeed five years ago or 10 years ago. And, you know, 10 years ago it was, you know, uh, you know, society was different, but people are, I think the same, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I really believe that our, that the young people that, that I have the the opportunity to coach, um, are are wonderful and have all the, the ability in the world to be extremely successful and, and being a product of their environment really has nothing to do with it. What what does is is the skills and the tools that they have to be able to work through it. And um anyways that's just that's how I look at it.
0: No, I like it. I mean it makes sense. I mean every everyone has like a, a different perspective because you're right. People like you said, they put people in their cans, they put in their silos. You know, are you a millennial? Or are you this, right? But at the end of the day, you know, when you think about it, when you strip down the person, we're all made up of emotions and thoughts, you know, and when we're all like 18, 19, we're, we're for the most part at that age, we're all kind of feeling doing the same thing to being exposed to the same things for the most part. It's a general statement. But I would say that, you know, I would probably agree with you that there's probably no different. Like these athletes are coming to, to play a sport that they love, get an education, have fun, deal with tough situations within the, you know, the four or five years that they're there. You know, I, I would say probably, like you said, society's different. So I was going to ask you my next question is about distractions. Like, what do you think the biggest distraction is for athletes today? Do you th- Does social media, does that come in and play with your program as far as being a distraction?
1: Yeah, I think um, absolutely. And you know I think that's what that that's very different right today than than for sure from my generation, our generation, uh, where where there was far less um, social media and um, and um, and technology that um, that direct us away from other things. But um, yeah, it's just it's there's no doubt about it. It's different. But, um, its just again, you know, I think there's there's just so much out there it's sensory overload mm. and um, but you know, if it wasn't social media um you know thirty years ago or twenty years ago, it was something else it was it was it was a guru that someone was talking to, or it was um another expert that they got an opinion from or something that they read or something that they saw on t v and um, it just falls back on again the importance of, of creating alignment within your program and, and a common belief system yeah and you know if you can create and develop that and sell it and get people to really believe in what makes us the same and a common belief structure and how we're going to work and how we're going to operate and how we're going to train, prepare, compete um, boy there's just amazing power in that because you take all that you take all that outside buzz out of the picture all that social media the influence the outside guru the, all the all the all the voice that says do it different and they go uh uh-uh, uh we believe in doing it this way this is what we do right <laughs> and so i think that's um you know I, yeah it, it, that's that's out there but it's always been it's just different and and there's no doubt about it you can you can pop on your computer and type something in and learn just about anything you need to in 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 5 minutes with uh with the technology and it's very different yeah. But, um, all those outside influences you know I think have been around in in some regard anyways, and you know uh for us as coaches it's it's about getting people in alignment, getting people on the same page, believe in the same thing, and uh you know understand what you know what actions and behaviors need to be and and uh, and then and then go find a way to win yeah, a hundred percent exactly well, one
0: more question here when you think about or when you reflect on your career and you invested over 25 years, uh, into your role. What do you think is, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself?
1: Oh boy. Well, I'll tell you, I think, um, probably the, the number one thing that I've learned is that it's so important to never stop learning. And, um, and for me, the, the more I learn, the more I understand there's a lot more to know. And, um, I think for me, it's just a, it's kind of a growth mindset approach. Um, I just, I just, there's just so much out there and it's just, um, you know, the importance of continuing to want to, to, to get better and to learn your craft in more detail and, You know, just when you think you got, you know, a system, um, a a process, a a way that that that's perfect, you you better rethink it, and you better continue to try to to learn and get better. And um, so, for me, I think I think that's um, part of my mindset every every day is to you know to read something, to learn something, to to continue to to continue to grow as a a coach, and Mm. to continue to try to get better. I love it. I and mean, that's that's
0: a huge, huge best practice uh, lesson, however you want to look at it. I have a mentor that every single time, he preaches this a lot, but every time I talk to him, he always ask me, hey, what have you learned new lately? And not it's not what book are you reading? What new book are you reading? Because he holds right. me accountable. Like, are you sitting on this book? Like, let's get through I mean, definitely retain it enjoy the experience of reading a book but it's about constantly learning and constantly get better because there's so much information out there and i kind of have this bruce lee mentality where i don't want to just focus on one approach i want to learn about all these awesome approaches and just pick and pull from them and use them where it's appropriate and the only way i'm going to get to that point is constantly feed myself with knowledge yep love it yeah so so mike man this uh this was, for me, man, it was an honor to have you on my show and, and to really get into the mindset of a, a head strength and conditioning coach, especially at D1 level. And I never had a strength and conditioning coach yet on my show. So just having you share your 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 experience and your role and your perspectives on mindset and the mental game, man, I, it was awesome, man. I appreciate it.
1: Well, the pleasure is all mine. I really enjoyed the conversation, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it was awesome talking about that, the mental approach uh, to what we do. And it's funny, we really didn't talk much about strength and conditioning. We really just talked about that mindset, and, um, and I enjoyed it. So thanks for having me. You bet.